Welcome to the Warrior Mindset Podcast. We are your guide as you make your way through life, getting better 1% every day. We believe that life is lived and true victory won through adversity. Nothing easy is ever worth it. We believe in the warrior ethos and support those that choose to walk that path. Alright, here we go. I want to get into it with this episode. Not necessarily a debrief, but I don't necessarily have a working title. Kind of have a theme. So I want to get into this idea of flow. Flow state. And how being in a sense of flow, or what might otherwise be... Um, understood as balance, like how to, one way, one aspect of balance in your life. I feel like that's something that so many people struggle with, and I work hard on it, and and this podcast is not me sitting here saying, I have perfect balance in my life, therefore do these things. These are some things that I've researched and looked into, and things that I study, and etc. that I think might, I don't know, maybe help you or, or help you kind of uh, find your own way down that rabbit hole. Because, you know, getting to that flow state or, or finding a sense of balance in some aspect of your life is probably what most of us want. And it's hard to do. <laughs> Very elusive. And, and some never really find it. So let's do this first thing that I have uh, saved in some of my history here is this post um, from Better Humans, and it is why you should have a field manual for your life, how to define a simple set of operating procedures to stay focused on your daily goals. You see, I'm not historically a super huge goal-oriented human being, but yet I am a goal-oriented human being. And let me explain that. I'm not the type to make to-do lists. And I know there are to-do listers that listen to this show and uh, who are friends of mine and who are people I coach. That's totally cool. Like, make the list, right? Whatever you need to do to function to get through your daily, weekly, yearly stuff. Um, Goals are both macro and micro, and they should be. I'm more of a macro goal-oriented person. Not so much a to-do lister, a micro goal-oriented person. Um, I have bigger goals that I set that may or may not have timelines. And I do have short, like, you know, this weekend I'm going to get X, Y, Z done sort of goals. And oftentimes those little micro-oriented goals, like that one, would just sort of play into a bigger macro goal that I've set. And, and, I, and, and, and to, to be transparent, I rarely write that stuff down. But what I do is I do kind of keep this field manual, right? Um, you know, Jocko, who, you know, if you listen to the show or you know me, you know I'm a huge fan, um, he has literally written a field manual for life. You know, go buy it. I mean, you go get it on Amazon. I'll link it up here. Um, I'm actually going to take a note for that. Jocko Field Manual. 
right? So I'm going to link that up. So you should go buy that. That's a really good one to start with. I mean, you can pull two or three pages out of that thing and just get going right away. It's a great one. You don't just have to be a Navy SEAL to follow that thing. But really, you know, what we're talking about um, is a, a sort of a field manual to help you take ownership of yourself. Really, what it comes down to, you know, I've found most anxiety, and I've talked about this before, but a lot of people have anxiety, and I get that. That's a it's a real thing. Sometimes you don't know what it is, but I would say most of the time, if you are feeling that anxiety, it's because of something you either should be doing and haven't done, or shouldn't be doing and have been doing, and it's just kind of weighing on you. Like most of the time. You know, most big problems in life are caused by one of those two things, too. I mean, it has been my experience for myself. Um, So, you know, what are we talking about here? We're talking about finding balance, being able to relax, being able to get into that flow state sort of a thing. Right? You know, Jaco says ownership means leaders must own everything in their world. There was, there was no one else to blame. That's where it starts. So while I don't have goals, I do have sort of this field manual. I don't want to call it that, but it kind of works that way. List of priorities and things that I do. And, you know, it can change. It doesn't have to be, like I said, it doesn't have to be micro. It can be macro in its focus, but it is sort of, those key principles and things um, that I follow. And, you know, they come from anywhere. And you're going to develop this, and it's going to change over time, and it should. It should always be an ever-evolving field manual, you know, or manual to flow, a manual to lose anxiety, whatever that is. Um, You should always be adding and updating, but you should never be removing or updating based on not wanting to do it anymore. That's the flip side of that. From this article, the field manual is a set of simple instructions that can that enables us to take extreme ownership even in the most extreme, chaotic, and unpredictable situations. It allows us to confront our personal landmines and avoid ambushes, challenging the mission. That sounds like Jocko. To be effective, your field manual should follow three key principles. It should be simple and fit onto a single page, right? So whatever it is, needs to be really simple, a bullet list. It should be prioritized in a strategic order that you can start executing tomorrow. Don't make it too complicated. You know, prioritize it. You know, put the most important things first. If you are in a situation where you've been neglecting your partner and you're worried about where that relationship is or is going to go, and it's the, one of the most important things in your life right now, that's top of your list. Identify it and what are one or two things you can do every day or every week or whatever time period you set to ensure you're doing what you need to be doing right? Do that. Do that for a week. 
Do that for a month, there goes your anxiety on that, right? Because you are doing what you need to be doing. You are feeling good about what you are doing. You are executing. <laughs> Maybe easier said than done, I don't know. Uh, it should be reviewed, evaluated, and understood. Yep. Keep it as simple as possible. When you need it the most, when things are going sideways, you don't want to be overwhelmed by all the complexity you put into it. Avoiding complexity and uncertainty is exactly the point of having this in the first place. It's a good, man. It's, this is a good article. Um, it's got a lot of stuff in it. They give an example. Uh, the author gives an example. Um, his, um, and his is, you know, help me accomplish my daily mission, avoid most likely landmines in my life. And his is, get at least eight hours of quality sleep. Mornings are focused on output. Reduce screen, phone time, meditate at least 10 minutes, ideally in the morning. Show appreciation for people, even in simple things. Protect your time off and schedule time for reflection. At least one uninterrupted hour spent fully focused on my top priority for the day. Not making progress is okay. Working on something else is not. Disconnect at least one hour before bedtime. When tempted by a social thing, I ask myself if I truly want it or if it is just FOMO fear of missing out. Surround yourself with people who push and challenge you. So he's got his field manual. His is more like just daily reminders on how to be the person he wants to be, right? So he can he can literally get up in the morning or she, I don't uh, written by Max, so it's he. Get up in the morning, read this over. Make sure he does these things. At the end of the day, he can audit his day based on did he accomplish these things, right? He could set some goal like five of these or all of these or two of these, wherever he is on his, you know, spectrum of anxiety, right? So there you go. And he can make sure he's on track. Keep it very simple. And like I said, it's got to be, it's got to be simple, right? Keep it simple. Lessons and tips on creating your own field guide. Identify your mission. This one is probably where I think you, you have the most potential to get complicated, right? So and we'll talk about this in a little bit. Um, you can't do everything, right? You can't do everything well. You can only do a handful of things, maybe one thing really well. So keep it simple. Identify your mission. What is most important to you? That's where it starts. You can branch out, but make sure you have something clear that you have in your sights. Imagine failure. What would failure in your mission look like? What would the consequences be? Think about that. That's your motivation. Spot landmines. What hidden landmines are there that tend to threaten your mission? So think through things that can get in your way. Right? I mean, if your mission is to write a book, start a podcast, well, spending too much time on Facebook or Instagram just mindlessly scrolling 
it's going to waste time that you could be spending working on your project because literally they're very much related in terms of time expenditure. Okay, that's an example. Write your field manual. Write it down. <laughs> so share and review it. So who is critical to that mission? The best way to motivate yourself as a, as a mentor of mine likes to say, burn the boats, you know? This relates to, to um, Cortez, and it's a longer story, but basically try to remove the things that could help you keep this a secret so no one else knows, so that, you know, if you don't do it or you fail at it or you quit at it, no one will know the better. You need to let someone know. Look, it's it's definitely like if you're working on your relationship with someone, it might be very beneficial to let them know, hey, I want to work on this relationship, and here's the things I'm going to do. I mean, it's about accountability. It goes a long way. I think this is where Jocko gets very confused to people, and I was talking to someone just a day or two ago about this, and, you know, Jocko will talk about discipline equals freedom, discipline. And he'll post, if you follow him on any social media, he's got, you know, every day his wristwatch is at like 4 a.m. or whatever for his workout. And, and people just kind of naturally equate, oh, well, that's what discipline means. It means getting up early every day. No. It's like I said about anxiety. I would, I would venture to guess most anxiety is caused by, once again, either not doing the things you're supposed to do or doing the things you're not supposed to do and letting that thing fester and sit and go unnoticed and then all of a sudden, wham, problems. Right? Things, things rarely fall apart overnight. I mean, we have certain circumstances and we're all in the middle of a pandemic that just kind of happened overnight with us. But that issue did not actually happen overnight. Those, those things have been dwelling for a while and they... they you know, honestly, they kind of snuck up on us, but we weren't prepared as a nation, as a world. But there were some that were preparing. We just didn't listen, right? A lot of times it's the same thing with your anxieties. You're carrying these anxieties, but you need to really dig down and think about them and, and do the work to sort of derail them. Now, again, there are people with, you know, you might have a real anxiety issue. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the daily things that we don't do or that we do that we're not supposed to be doing, that we know about, that we just refuse to act on. That's what Jocko means about discipline, right? If you're worried about your health, generally speaking, you can get to work on that right now. You could turn this podcast off, go and start working on your health, right? If you need to learn about a subject to get a, to get a, uh, advancement in your job, you can literally turn off this podcast, open up Google, start learning. I mean, you can. Right? That's, you know, it's not that extreme, but it sounds extreme. But that's the point. The point is discipline, is doing that every day. Right? Not just going into the gym at 4 a.m. and lifting the heavy-ass deadlift as much as you can every morning, which is what we think Jocko is doing. So there you go. I think it's mostly misunderstood. Um, it's the little things. The little things go very, very far. Okay, and we're going to talk about that too. So, flow, flow state. Okay, 
What is flow? All right, let's start there. Got the old Wikipedia. A flow state, also known as being in the zone, is the mental state in which a person performing some activity is fully immersed in a feeling of energized, focused, full involvement and enjoyment in the process of the activity. In essence, flow is characterized by the complete absorption in what one does and a resulting transformation in one's sense of time. Right, they talk about, often talk about, uh, you know, man, I forgot to I forgot to eat today because I was so into this thing. That's flow, man. It's glorious to be there. It really is. Um, I love it uh, whenever I can actually find that in the things I'm doing. It's beautiful. Um. It's kind of it kind of reflects back to this Eastern concept. Um, right? So this idea that flow and getting into that state and operating that way is this uh, you know Eastern concept of um, Flexibility, right? And, you know, there's always, there are always two sides to that. So we have this great quote from Bruce Lee. And I know Bruce Lee's often, uh, you know, said to have said things that he didn't say. There's even that T-shirt that's like, I didn't say half the shit you said I said. But this is one. We have a video of him. Empty your mind, be formless, shapeless, like water. If you put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. If you put water into a bottle, it becomes the bottle. You put it in a teapot, it becomes a teapot. Now water can flow or it can crash. Be water, my friend. Right? Water is also the shape of the cup, the teapot, or it is also the ocean. So there's that concept, you know, the the double hemisphere concept. And we're talking about flow, we're talking about balance, we're talking about discipline. That's really what we're talking about. They're all kind of related. We're talking about anxiety earlier. In this article, they're saying thir- like 33, 34% of the population will be affected by an anxiety disorder. We're talking about the U.S. It's a big percentage of us. To fret about things outside of your powers like trying to whip back the tides or yell back a typhoon. An exercise in futility. Far better to disregard events that are very real but are ultimately beyond our control. And use the saved time and effort to double down on happenings we can actually influence instead. Man, like the examples are, um, (laughs) you know... There's a hurricane coming. Well, just leave. Don't stay there and be upset with the fact that a hurricane's coming, right? That's an example. Um, helping out at a local charity every Saturday or Sunday instead of binge reading reports on the world's terrible poverty situations. Um, instead of just railing against, you know, the the U.S.'s obesity rates and where our our collective health is going. Maybe try to encourage a family or friend to work out with you or 
to eat better or help them. So those are examples of combating your anxiety, finding a sense of balance between the negative and the positive, and being that change that's going to help build your own confidence and alleviate, almost eliminate in some cases, your anxiety. It's going to help you get to that sense of balance. It's flow. And while we're doing those things, oftentimes we find that flow state. It's amazing. Practice letting things go. Practice letting things flow. This is how you live a life free of anxiety and undue worry. It's almost like the path of least resistance. You know? Being like water. Water makes its way through cracks. Water fills the vessel that it's in. Water is assertive in that sense that it will actively do that, but it also adjusts to the shape of what it's doing. It will find its way around solid objects. Over time, it will dissolve certain types of objects and make its way through, right? It's flexible. But it's also, it's also not like, while it's flexible, it also doesn't give up, right? It also doesn't just give in. So that's the duality to that. They give a cool little point here. You know, keep in mind that thousands of brave Greeks died in vain trying to storm the walls of Troy. But all it took was clever Ulysses one night with a wooden horse to burn the city to the ground. <laughs> right? Like another example, if you ask a high-level martial artist or a fighter what their favorite punch or kick is, they will always say, the one that connected. Right? It's amazing. Um, I love this stuff. Be easygoing and adaptable, but also be forceful when needed. Something that comes from this, um, something from, comes from the same concept here is uh, this idea of incremental improvement. And I preach this a lot um, Kaizen is actually one of my hashtags that I put on everything because I believe in this concept. Um, changing your focus from doing everything to doing one small thing, one small improvement every day is Kaizen. And people, it's a quote somewhere, I don't know who it's from, but I steal it. Um, people underestimate what they People, let me rephrase that. People overestimate what they can accomplish in a day, but drastically underappreciate what they can accomplish in a year. So you might not be able to push out the monumental effort that you need to like get something done overnight, but if you set your goal, take your time and whittle away, whittle away, whittle away, improve a little bit over time, you'll get there. You will get there. I guarantee that if you don't give up, you'll get there. But that incremental concept of Kaizen, 
The definition here, the Japanese word kaizen means change for better without inherent meaning of either continuous or philosophy. The word refers to any improvement, one time or continuous, large or small, in the same sense. Okay, So there's a lot of uh, commercial use. I believe the term was actually um, brought into play from Japanese company uh, Toyota. Where it was, they were talking about the you know incremental improvement, and that is a statistics term or whatever. But we take it from a philosophical term, and we use that in our everyday practice. You know, one percent better every day, incremental improvement, kaizen. It also removes a lot of the pressure, you know, to make giant improvements quickly, which those are always, you know, that's always sexy to make a big jump overnight or whatever. I mean, that's great, but. You know, hard work beats talent when talent forgets to work. That's what a mentor of mine, Marty Knight, always says. All right, shifting gears a little bit. We're going to talk about some perspective, and then I want to get into the last bit here from a a podcast I listened to recently. Um, But this bit about perspective from uh, Jared Enderton, who uh, is a professional CrossFit athlete, was in the CrossFit Games a couple times, uh, it's like a power lifter or something, I believe, that lost a bunch of weight and got all ripped and is now a pro crossfitter, eh, whatever. But uh, he had a really great little post on perspective a long time ago that I've just saved. And I think it fits in this uh, discussion we're having today. So perspective, athletes train seriously year-round for years before they peak and hit their top numbers. It takes years of dedication, step by step, inch by inch, one inch today, one inch tomorrow. They, just, they don't just show up one day and expect to be the best in the world. They do show up every day and expect to hit their training numbers. For every number hit in training is one step closer to that next personal best. Courage doesn't always roar. Sometimes it is, it is the quiet voice at the end of the day saying, tomorrow I will try again. Do what you can today. Fight and recover properly. Then... Repeat, knowing consistency is the key. It takes time. Set your goals daily and achieve them. Repeat. Rome wasn't built in a day, but it was built every single day for years and years. Patience, your time will come. Ah, man, I love that. I keep that and I read that every once in a while whenever I start feeling like, man, I'm not, just not getting there. But, but, you know, it's under the term perspective because we all need it. We all need perspective. We all get into this game of comparing. I was just talking to a student of mine this very morning uh, before I'm recording this about um, another student that I had uh, awarded their uh, uh, 6Q, right? I awarded uh, 7th Q, their, yellow, their orange belt. And so they got their yellow belt, this one student, and, you know, they did all the work and stuff, but then they just really dug in. And, and they did so much work to just really rapidly. And they, they just evolved really quickly. And, and it was because they worked hard. And I awarded them. I rewarded them. Because they deserved it. Now, the other student, you know, comes to class two days a week, 
Whereas the first came comes every day. If there's if the door's open, they're in their training. So other student comes twice a week, which is 100% acceptable. They work hard in class too, but they're not at that level yet. But they started at the same time. And so I was just talking with them today, and, and, and they said that, you know, they, they struggled with that a little bit when they saw that happen. And they took it as a good lesson to look inside themselves and realize, I shouldn't be comparing myself to that other person. That's, that's their journey, and I have my own journey. And that is so true, and I was so happy to see that. And I wish everyone could come to that realization, experience that, because it is so beneficial to live there. Fight your own battles. Walk your own path. Take, it's your, life is your journey. The person next to you's journey in life is not yours. They're a different person, different circumstances. Put it in perspective. Read what Jared Enderton had to say again. It's good stuff. So there's this podcast recently um, with Coach Divine, the warrior, the athlete, and the leader on the... Um, uh, brute strength podcast one section it's a long podcast so you know go listen to it but it's on youtube here and i linked it up right to the time timestamp of when he's talking about yin and yang yin and yang however you want to say it uh you know yin and yang yin and yang goes different uh concepts you know uh negative positive push pull male female and i, th- I think people get hung up on one or the other in terms of the uh, concept or description of what it might be. But we're talking about energy. And I'm echoing a lot of what Coach Devine says here um, because he's really one of the first that truly taught me about yin and yang. But um, go listen to that too. I encourage you to, but I'm going to cover this as well. Again, we're talking about energy, right? Um, we're talking about what we put into the world and what we pull from the world, you know? We're not just talking about negative and positive ends on a battery. We're not just talking about male and female parts, okay? Get over that part. We're talking about energy. So yang, yang or yang energy, you can kind of think of this as American Western energy, hustle the hustle, the grind, right? It's about doing, building, outward focus. Again, it's very American, Western, you know, conquering, growing your business, hustling all night. Performance, okay? Yin energy is the other side of that. It's, it's, it's about um, being receptive, creative, relaxed, focusing inward, making yourself better. Okay, it's about what you pull in, about potential. You have to have both energies in what you're doing. Okay, if you are, again, let's use the relationship analogy. If you're in a relationship and you're concerned about it, but you are the side of the relationship where you're constantly pulling in and you're not equally giving outward to the relationship, 
if you're only getting from it and your partner's not receiving from you that which they're giving you, it's one-sided. You, you're going to find, you're going to feel some anxiety. You're going to worry about that relationship. I mean, if you have a, if in your job, if you're, you know, you're supposed to do a certain list of things and you're not doing the full list, but you know someone else is picking up the slack for you, right? It's the same sort of situation. You have to have both energies. You have to have potential and you have to have performance. You have to have uh, energy expenditure and you have to have energy um, growth, re- retention, right? For every for every uh, hard, re- super hard workout, you have to recover as well, right? I mean, you literally tear down the muscles and you have to give them time to rebuild. That's how you get stronger physiologically. It's just how it works. You know, Without both energies in your work, you'll find no matter how much you create, it will begin to fall apart without that other side in place. You have to build with the full equation in place, both yin and yang. All right? So how, I mean, how do I do that? Okay, one of the other, one of the early examples in this very same podcast was having that field manual. You know, think of that. Think of that field manual. How do I build a field manual to help me focus on both my yin and my yang and everything, and the thing that I'm doing, the thing that I'm most interested in preserving or building or whatever that is? Because the thing is, there's no hack. Don't fall for short-term things, tricks, and hacks. That's what we want. We want the easy. There is no easy way. You know, all like I'm I'm just I'm just as much into it as the next person, but the the concept of biohacking and, and all this stuff, it's cool. It's fun. It helps me continue to remain on the path of staying healthy, right? And that's good. But those are not replacements for the very basic things that I do to stay healthy, which is working out every every other day, you know, not being a glutton in Things that aren't good for my body. You must practice wholeness every day. You must practice the yin and the yang every day. Every human interaction is an opportunity to practice yin and yang. And Coach Divine gives the examples, uh, box breathing, using that. And you, if you listen to a podcast with him, you actually hear him doing that, which is very fascinating. But is the simple concept, though, stop, breathe, think, or listen, and then respond. Even in every small, mundane human interaction, even when you're paying for your food at the Chick-fil-A drive-thru. I'm just saying, that's a, every, every time is an example. Don't take it for granted, you know, and practice that. That's not to help, you know, I'm not saying that to give you more anxiety, Oh, you know, oh shit, here's one more thing I need to be working on. But think about how you can work on that. And that, 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 that's free. It's free. Paying attention is free, like Mr. McCall likes to say. Paying attention is free. Stop, breathe, think or listen, and then respond, right? How often do you just listen to respond? You listen, and at the same time you're listening, you're, you're coming up with your response, 
I mean, just, I mean, listen, take it in, breathe, okay? So, uh, you know, I'm a martial artist, and I love this, so there are some things here. And, you know, Mark, a Coach Divine, he's a, he's a, he holds two black belts. I know he holds one in Sido Karate, which I don't exactly know what that one is, but he uh, references it a lot with his box breathing and his mindfulness practice and his meditation practice. And he has another black belt um, in another form, um, as well as being a Navy SEAL, which is just beyond impressive. But so, you know, a lot of these concepts can be found in that world, in that Eastern, we talked about earlier, this Eastern concept of flow and Kaizen, and a lot can be taken from this. Um, so in karate, in the, in the, the uh, system, the martial art that, that I'm teaching, we do something called basics, kihon, K-I-H-O-N. It's pretty common in a lot of Japanese martial arts, basics, and it is what it sounds like, but there's a particular portion of basics where we, uh, a instructor or the person in the front of the class or whatever, will call out the thing that they, the students need to perform, the basics. So whatever, kick, you know, front kick. And they, the students do it. They do it with complete um, focus. They do it with complete discipline where they don't do anything else but the one thing. And then in between... You know, going, let's say we go from front kick to punch, you know, whatever that is, you maintain that level of focus and discipline. You'd be surprised at how hard that is to do, and while you're doing it, how hard it is to listen, and how hard it is to execute on the simple command. And I think that is um, just a result of the world we live in. I think it's where our brains are. I think it's where... You know, we are just so used to taking in so many things, and, and it's just the simpler we get, the more minimal we get, the more difficult it is for our brains to actually calm us down and process it because we're worrying about so many other things, and that's where you begin to get lost when you do basics. You know, all you have to do is stand there still and perform the front kick and then stop and then stand there still and wait for the next thing. But we're worried about what do they think? What Am I doing it right? You know? Am I being judged? Well, what if I trip and fall over? What's the next thing going to be? What did he, what's he going to say next? How am I going to go from this to the next thing? And then before you know it, you're off track. You made a mistake. Your anxiety got the best of you. I both hate and love that portion of karate. Another thing we get is from Gichin Funakoshi. Uh... The mind must be set free. It's one of his guiding principles. You know, it's number five of the 20 guiding principles. The mind must be set free. That has a lot of deeper meaning um, when you begin to consider uh, basics, when you begin to consider your anxieties, when you begin to consider um, that flow state, when you begin to consider getting your goals done, learning, Finding your balance. Uh, it's deep. But it is also about having that relaxed mind. I mean, how many times have you been in a conversation and you're listening only to wait until they shut up so you can respond? I mean, that's probably most of the time. 
just like any type of uh, technique in karate, we, we must be relaxed before we are rigid, right? In order to throw a successful punch or kick, that appendage must be relaxed. It must whip. Only at the end of it do we get rigid or we make that fist hard or that foot travel in that velocity that it needs to in order to do the damage that it needs to do. But first it's relaxed. And then we use the power. The same is with our mind. The same is with our relationship. And the same is with anxiety. Uh, Coach Divine, creator of Seal Fit and Unbeatable Mind, he has this concept. It's in his book, um, The Way of the Seal. And it's pretty cool. And I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with this. Because maybe it'll, maybe it'll help you. It is... Uh, the witness. He calls it the witness. So in any of your interactions, conversations, performances, whatever, try to put yourself in that third party onlooker or, in quotes, witness place where you are watching you from the outside, where you're observing from the outside, where you're recording the conversation from the outside. And that will help you sort of see um, how you're performing in the types of interaction you're having, right? It will help you begin to judge yourself. And that, that is not meant to be in a negative tone because often we're so hard on ourselves that we're, you know, no matter what we do, it's not right. You know, it's not about that. It's about actually being into that position where we can see that. You know, if you're going to just out of default say everything you do is bad, well, you need to work on that too. But if you are truly trying to get better, if you're having that interaction, that simple interaction with another human being, try to put yourself in that position where you're in the witness view and you're witnessing the conversation, right? Then you can begin to utilize that to pay attention not only to what's being said to you, but how you're reacting. And that's when we can begin to learn. And that's also how we can tell that, you know, those things in our field manual or whatever that is that we've created, are we actually applying those things? I really dig that. I really dig the idea of um, trying to put myself in that witness, you know? It can also be uh, sort of explained like, you know, maybe you have a mentor in your life or, you know, uh, I know some some Christians have the WWJD, so what would Jesus do? Sort of a thing. I don't I do not give a shit where you fall in the religious category, but that's that's an example of having this other thing, this other entity or whatever to sort of balance your reactions and the way you do things off of. Maybe you create that for yourself. Maybe you have a system that you can rely on. You know, Funakoshi's 20 Guiding Principles is a pretty dang good place to start. Mark Devine's Five Mountains is a pretty dang good place to start. So I encourage you to go check those out. I hope that this is helpful. And if you want to get into any of these things further, I'm always here. Hit me up. I would love to talk to you about these, help coach you through some of these. If there's anything I can do to help you, you know where to find me, The Warrior Mindset. Goodbye, friends.